Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show. Brought to you in association with West Yorkshire Electrical. Ah, oh, I threw you off, didn't it? It did, yeah. I very nearly said the uh, the standard one, but yeah, different. Yeah. Talk to me about West Yorkshire Electrical then, Michael. Oh, go on. The, Ooh, the big three. The the solar panels. Yeah. The um, battery storage. Battery storage and their home car charger port. <laughs> what, electrical vehicle things. charging? That's the ones. For your home Where and you business. Plug, plug your car in. Yeah. Only if it's electric, though. Waste yeah. of time otherwise. <laughs> very well done. Well rescued. Fully accredited electrician for your home and business. Finance available for work on your home or your business. Covering Yorkshire and beyond. Anything else to add? Good. Good services. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. What do they specialise in? Electrical work. Yep. Things with wires in. Renewable technologies. Electrical work. <laughs> WYElectrical.co.uk for details. Search West Yorkshire Electrical on socials. It's remarkable that anybody chooses to sponsor these shows the way that you... It sticks, though, when, when it's so anyone would think Anybody would think it was deliberate, <laughs> wouldn't they? <laughs> Uh, Dan and Michael here from the Square Ball with Johnny Cooper from Opta, Statsman. You joined us in the last international break. Thanks for coming along again. We're going to look at the season again in numbers, mm-hmm. trends, players, what they've been up to. Should we start with overall trends then and tell us what Leeds United are up to this sure. season, now 11 games in? Yep. Um, so yeah, well, just looking sort of since September, wanted to kind of have a little cut-off point from, um, you know, when the, the transfer window closed and obviously there was a lot of issues around that and players saying they were going to stay on deadline day and then driving off from Thorparch and going down to Bournemouth and all that kind of stuff. So are we, can, we, are we just, can we stop and call them Judas Bastards? I, think we, I thought rat was the more yeah. commonly used phrase. Judas rat bastards? Yeah, fine. Fine, yeah. Well, they're getting relegated with Bournemouth anyway, aren't they? So yeah. it's, it's fine. Um, but yeah, so since September, we are fourth for, for points, one in the championship. Um, obviously, we're fifth in the league, so you can kind of say, well, we're, you know, we're there or thereabouts, but... Um, we're only four behind Ipswich and five behind Leicester since September, so we're kind of keeping pace with those two. Um, you know, we'll come on to how unusual their good starts have been because the last time I was on, I said nobody comes comes out of the traps in the Championship and starts really well. Made myself look like a, a, a bit of a bit of an idiot, but that's fine. Nothing new there. Um, <laughs> it was so, pointed yeah. out as well that we we really did come out of the traps in 2019 20. I think yep. we only drew one of the opening like five games or something, didn't we? The rest yeah. we won. So. Yeah, that's I'm a fraud. That's fine. I, 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 think yeah. we were, I think what we were getting at was that nobody wins like five yep. or six on the bounce. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. 10 of their first 11, no yeah. one ever does no that. No one does that. Yeah. There was like one team had won five out of five in the 20 seasons before, and then this season has been like a total outlier with two teams, which, yeah, again, we'll come on to. But um, yeah, so again, looking at Leeds from since September, we're top for clean sheets, which, you know, if you'd have said at the start of September, Leeds will be going into this international break with five clean sheets, you, you know, you would have sent that person to a loony bin probably because yeah. of what went before with you know 21 games in a row conceding um, and only Leicester have conceded fewer goals since the start of September and three of those three of our four goals were in that Southampton first half when we obviously capitulated so that doesn't long. count yeah that doesn't count strike it from the record <laughs> exactly. go into Optus yeah. database yeah. and yeah. erase those goals 
that was a really weird game just just talking about games in general like it felt like we were playing in slow motion almost mm. like we came out and it was like we were kind of shell shocked that we've kept four clean, clean sheets in a row and then two minutes in somebody's just come and put a ball now and that it was it was like they just froze completely and just couldn't couldn't play the normal game that's what it looked like to did me. you notice the trend that I spotted which is I think we are unbeaten in the white kit but we haven't won in either of the away kits yet do you know what I saw that stat on Twitter I didn't actually didn't actually see that I didn't know that myself um, but um, yeah we haven't won in the away kit since Brentford I think it that's was correct the, yeah. Stat, yeah, which in is, a non-white kit since then yeah wow mad mad stat um, I'm sure there's time to correct that record anyway Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, so we are um, second for shots attempted since September behind Ipswich and we faced the fewest shots since September. So defensively, quite secure. And yeah, just on clean sheets as well, we've had as many since the start of September as we had between May 2022 and August 2023 combined, um, which was five in seven games and that's as many as we had in the previous 55 games. So wow. Quite um, surprising. It does go some way to explaining why they've replaced most of the defence <laughs> and what the thinking was there doesn't it mm. yeah it's, it's a bit unnerving how little threat there is in some of our games now yep. having watched us get mainly battered for a season well season and a half two seasons whatever it was when it started going wrong yeah to go to Ellen Road now and you think they've not actually had any shots have they yep. apart from the one that goes in as it, I, d- as I do wonder if that's, that's partly what's impacted the, the atmosphere a bit because it's it's not I'm not saying it's so one sided, but there's so little offered by so much of the opposition that there's almost a kind of it's the do something yeah. meme, isn't it? Poking it with a stick. <laughs> that was the Q, the QPR game was a really dull game to be at because QPR just didn't offer anything going forward, so it was quite difficult to. I think that a lot of people said after like the atmosphere was really really bad in that game, but there wasn't really anything to shout about apart from we scored early and then you know I think it was the. The earliest we'd scored in a home game and then held on to win 1-0 since 2020 against Burnley and that was behind closed doors and in front of fans since 2012. Wow. So we don't really mm. score early and then just not either not score again or not concede a goal. So, so it was off-brand basically so everyone was basically, yeah. confused. Yeah. So everyone was confused, that yeah, explains yeah. it. Yeah. There you go, science, that's why science just, for you. Why are yeah. we just taking yeah. a lead and winning? <laughs> Boring. Yeah. Let them score a couple, we'll have a comeback. And also I think the atmosphere at that game as well Probably affected by the sickening injury to Pat Bamford at the end. Yeah, that tackle. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes to see it. It was that, that left. Everyone was leaving feeling a bit sick after that one. And they just just hope he's all right. Yeah, was the... and they sent in the obviously the police took Begovic away. Yes, rightly so to to deal with his uh, shocking behaviour. It was quite hard to feel sorry for Begovic because he was time wasting when they were one nil down. So it was like <laughs> that I can't was, really feel sorry for you. That was really confusing in that yeah. game. There yeah, were bits right, that was that genuinely was. Yeah, they were yeah. they were taking ages over throw-ins with sort of ten minutes to go, and you're thinking, do you know, you do know you you're not getting any points out of this as it stands. But yeah, Is, it was, strange the, was the the thinking there just to stop us scoring more? If so, if that's the limit of your ambitions going into Basically, a game, I think, I think that was what it was. Yeah, yeah it's quite sad. Really. Mm. Which is good, again, it's good though for Leeds because that's what teams are thinking now coming to Ellen Road. Mm. Hopefully, you know, we don't want to let too many in. So. so we take lots of shots. We don't face many. Yeah, that that's actually the, it's the biggest positive differential in the league this season that we've had 73 more shots than we faced in the championship so wow which is yeah we're good aren't we better in attack quite good just thinking about time wasting do you have any stats about ball in play time um, we do I don't have them to hand but um, yeah homework I will have time. a look because yeah. Yeah, so, we were bo- kind of bottom of the list weren't we last year for we a were. lot of this yeah, that's a good, I will have a look actually and see where we are Yeah, it feels like we're actually getting to watch some football this year which was a nice break because it yeah. was a lot of um even when the ball was in play, you wouldn't really necessarily describe it as football, would you? A lot of last year, it was it was just a, it was football in a name. Tangle. It was football in name, but maybe not 
you know, it didn't pass the eye test mm. in the same way that maybe some of the previous football that we'd seen under previous managers yes. perhaps did. Keep the, yeah, yeah, is the fairest, fairest thing to say. Yeah. Good home form as well. Yes. Um, so yeah, still unbeaten at home. There's only a handful of teams still unbeaten at home as well. Um, unbeaten in our first six home league games. First time since 09-10. Obviously got promoted that year. I don't think we lost at home till February that year. And that was Walsall. When Gary and Mitchell, it was completely plain sailing that season, wasn't it? it was, oh, easy, yeah. Second half of the year, no problems. We did go up. I mean, I'd like... Doesn't feel like Leeds United are going to be that stressful this season, but you never can tell, can you? We've got we've got decades of evidence that's to the, say. Yeah, you've got to remember how that season started. This is the League One promotion year for yeah. anyone who's not aware of it. That season started looking like we were going to absolutely piss the league. I think that's actually the season I started betting against Leeds. What because it was so one sided the other way? Because I think I looked and and you could about six games in we were such huge favourites to go up. You could bet on us not going up, but it was like ended up being like five to one for us not to go up, and there were only. A handful of games in, it's like this is Leeds. We can, we can definitely, definitely make a mess. <laughs> you of haven't seen us. There, really. is a, there is a huge distance. There's probably a points deduction to come. There's a managerial change. There's two or three players leaving. Like there's, there was a long way to go in that season. I mean, we did get there, but I think uh, down to ten men and a goal down on the final date. It didn't feel like that comfortable, mm, did it? A bit much. It was a bit. It was a bit, it was much. A bit extra. But it was also one, you know one of the best days of my life. So yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things about looking at. Um, like the second half of that season, how bad it was. 2009 as a year, I think it's one of the mm. most wins by a team in a, in a single year in league history. English league. We won something like 32 league games across 2009. We were really good. It was like the first half of the first season, 09, 08-09, we struggled. And then the second half of the other season, we struggled. It was like 2001. I think we were mm. top of the Premier League in 2001 as a year. But the first half of, or the second half of the seasons, either side, we just... Couldn't it's, put it together. It's correct, isn't it? I think that Chelsea's form over the last 35 games, so effectively the last calendar year or thereabouts, has been so bad, like they're on 0.8 points per game, I think when the stat was released, that yep. they would have gone down. Yep. So maybe we need to we need to rewrite the rules so we can operate by calendar years, and if something relegates Chelsea, we'll apply that to them. Fine. I can't, I can't foresee any complications <laughs> with that system <laughs> whatsoever. Um, so, so good home form. What other trends have we got then from, from this season? Yeah, um, Scoring first, that was something, again, that I mentioned on the last podcast. That I think we, I don't think at that point we'd scored first in a game when I came on and said, once we do, I think we will start seeing the team playing well. And four games we scored first, four wins. Um, only let one goal in, which was obviously that corner from Bristol where they sort of switched off before half-time. Last season as well, we actually set a record in the Premier League, which is Leeds do conceded the most goals in games when we'd scored first. Right. It's a Premier League record, which was 32 goals we let in after scoring first. It's almost like we had no idea what to do with a football. Basically that, yeah. So we yeah. just couldn't... It was impossible to hold a lead because the plan was still just keep kicking it forward. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this year, we've yeah three clean sheets out of the four games when we scored first. So so controlling games, controlling games. Yeah. is quite important. Yep. Is that the big mm. shocking conclusion we're drawing from, <laughs> from that statistic? Yeah, it's better to score and then keep being good. Yeah. So Whereas, if, you, if you score, keep the football, the opponent can't have the football and score against you. Yes. Well, teams have to come at you a bit more, don't they? If you score first, they have to at least have to go and attack and get a goal. Unless, unless, it's, unless it's QPR. Unless it's QPR. I mean, Bristol had a bit of a go, I guess. I mean, the last three home games, we've only faced 11 shots in open play right. across all three, so... I thought I've noticed from the both the Millwall and the Bristol game, it felt like they started the game trying to get sort of come at us, mm. but then you got ten minutes in, it you felt well they've had quite a go at this, but they've not actually come close to scoring yeah. at this point. And then we have come into games a bit yeah. afterwards. It feels like we're just getting a. It's like well, it's fine to just. So you're thinking, is that all you've got? Pah. Well, that, that's the thing. <laughs> but there is a kind of almost a bit. It's of that, sort of uncomfortable it? to watch 
because you're thinking, oh, they're having quite a bit of the ball here. I want us, to, I want us to be controlling this game a bit more. But then it it passes and it we come into games and it feels like then the quality shows a bit more. But if we can actually being able to get through periods of being under attack seems a new thing this season. Yeah, and we were t- talking about the defense before. And I suppose that's a good a good point at which to segue into talking about the players. You wonder what sort of boost that has contrasting this season with last season to the likes of Pascal Strout, the big sexy pirate, looks a lot more assured. And, and I know we're, we're down a level, but maybe it's maybe it's a good thing to drop down a level and regain your confidence and just mm-hmm. remember doing all, all the things that made you good in the first place. Yeah. But also Ilan Melier, who shipped an awful lot of goals and looked like he was almost broken towards the end of last yeah. season compared yeah. to now where clean sheets can be such a confidence boost. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the style of play as well, obviously, with passing the ball more. Um, so I was looking at Meslier's passing stats because quite a lot of times last season you were watching him and he was just sort of floating passes out to Rasmus Christensen who was not winning the header on the sideline. He didn't really have like an outlet when he had the ball. So under Farker, he's um, at 77% passing accuracy and that had dipped to 64% under Grassier and 55% under Marsh. And it was 75% under Bielsa when we had a bit more of a, you know, playing out from the back. Sort a plan. Of play. Plan, yeah. So it's, I think it's good, for, again, for his confidence. When he's got the ball at his feet, we're playing out from the back, but he's got Ampadu coming short for the ball or he can clip it out to the to the wide men. I think it does give him a little bit more confidence. Passing the ball a lot shorter as well. 67% of his passes have been short and that was down at 41% under Marsh. So he was kind of just knocking it long and then it was just coming straight back at us. So, yeah. And he st- also another stat that we've got up to is... Um, uh, starting sequences that then lead to shots so it's quite good for goalkeepers who are passing the ball out so um, he started six of those that have led to a shot and that's the second most of any goalkeeper so mm-hmm. our style of him starting the attack and then Do you remember how, how put out we we all were oh not necessarily put out but thought well we'll have a dig back at you because you said that about Scott Parker describing our scripted patterns Yeah. and actually looking back on it you can see he was probably right <laughs> to a certain extent and because you see more of it now don't you and I think we saw Bielsa and we've seen this and you now realise what he was getting at mm. and I think the point he was making is you've got to know how to stop those scripted patterns being executed yeah. and I think that's given the level that we are you're seeing many teams not able to do that in this division because we've got fundamentally better players who are yeah. able to turn out a tight spot Jesse Marsh distribute. don't write a script the opposition can't know it yeah <laughs> that's how I'm thinking but do you know what I mean so like I mean, the the thing that provoked that thought was thinking about Ilan Melier just knowing that he's got these players to pass to and they'll be there and Ampadu will drop deep for him and if it's not Ampadu then maybe it's Kamara or you go out to the you know the centre-backs or the full-backs whatever it might be he's got those options in front of him and what that level of certainty must do to his confidence not just the clean sheets but knowing what he's supposed to do most of the time It's fundamentally different in this league though isn't it as well because we have generally speaking better footballers so the teams know if they press we can likely pass around them and if they've all pressed and we're passing around them, there's going to be big gaps behind. It's what Man City do, isn't the it? The press has got to work, hasn't it? It's if what, you're going to, you're going to do I, it. I like so. it does in, the, in one of the recent shows to like being like Man City. And I didn't mean it in the sense that we are as good as Man City, but if you look at the quality like difference between us and the opposition, there must be a degree of that. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Let's just stick at this level with good players. It's so much more fun. <laughs> it's it's more fun. That's what Moscow said before, wasn't it? Like win it every year and never go up. Yeah, you got to. You got to. But trouser the money and keep the and do keep the players. Say so yeah. they can't leave. Make yeah. it more like sort of nineteen fifties ish. Keeping them prisoners. Where you just they've got an offer of a better move, but you're just like, nah, stay here. Yeah. I wonder if the crowd will ever sort of come round to the passing out from the back fully because you do all, always hear that. What are we doing with the ball? I think mm. I think we're getting there a little bit. Yeah. I think now people see what. Farkas trying to achieve with his football and his patterns of play out from the back yeah. and also just controlling the game and sometimes slowing it down and just having possession of it giving everybody a chance to recover yeah. pass it around the back and then just wait for your opportunity mm. I think seeing that 
there is control of it and that it can that there's a plan at the end of it makes a difference. I feel like there was a there was a crossover period where be probably truthfully the end of Bielsa when things weren't going as well and then carrying on through other managers where we were still used to playing out from the back, but there was no actual plan for playing out from the back. So it was just loads of pissing around and then eventually twatting it along anyway. And yeah. you sort of thought, well, yeah. you've just created loads of risk in the first phase of that. And then because you've run out of ideas, you've Boot just gone, oh, fine, just, <laughs> yeah. just fucking knock it to Brendan Aronson's head. Whereas now how many times do you see like the deep line midfielder drop in, pick the ball up and you see the fullback go up the line and they do that triangle? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Like it's... Or Kamara, was it, which was the goal? Was it the first Bristol goal? Was it the QPR game? I can't remember. Where he, he, he came to get it and he just dropped his shoulder. Mm, yeah. That was brilliant. Man. That was, yeah. that's I love that. It was confidence. just such a simple thing and just that, that situational yeah. awareness where he just took about three players really out in one go. Yeah. And, and Padu, Kamara and Gray actually all seem perfectly happy of receiving the ball and turning and moving with it as well. Whereas it felt like last year you were looking for probably for Rocker to do that. Adams to do, I mean, Adams was more of a destroyer so you could kind of accept him just playing the way he was facing and stuff. But like Rocker was the person you thought, no, you're you're like meant to be controlling this midfield in the way Ampadu does now. Like, I take some responsibility, take the ball, turn, run with it, look for a pass. And it feels like all the midfield, central midfielders we now have mm. are actually doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of building from the back, then we spoke about the defence and, and the change in the defence. And you, like I say, it has to be one of the big factors in the improved form, doesn't it? He's putting yeah. like Rodon in, we've got Byron in at fullback, Jed Spence is due to come in. So, what have we seen from the from the new guys that have come in? Yeah, well, looking at Rodon, obviously Rodon's been a really successful signing so far. Um, although just a slightly ironic point before we start praising him, he's the only player in the championship this season to have scored an own goal and got a red card. Right. So Get him out. Yeah. We've still got so, Liam Cooper on the books, so I have yeah, faith. Still there. Yeah. <laughs> this time yet. <laughs> um, but I was looking at like the stat, obviously Cooper played ahead of him at Southampton and everyone was like, why have we, why have we not put Rodon back in? But I can kind of accept it that we kept a clean sheet with Cooper, so that's fair enough. Um, but we've conceded five goals with Roden on the pitch, which is one every 135 minutes. And then without him on the pitch, we've let one in every 72 minutes. So quite a big difference. Obviously, part of that was him getting sent off against Hull. We didn't concede in that game, to be fair, but that obviously affects it a little bit. Um, five games in a row without letting a goal in an open play with Roden on the pitch. Right. And he's second for Ariel Jules one per 90 minutes in the Championship, behind a guy called Jordan Story, who plays for Preston. Now, I don't know if you two feel the same, but I look at championship players now and I don't recognise many of them. I keep oh, yeah. thinking, where's Greg Halford? Like, why is yeah. he not top of this list? Absolutely. I've said it a few <laughs> times on recent shows. I don't know who most of the division is and I, and I feel like an arrogant Premier League prick yeah. when, I, when I have the thought, but I go, yeah. oh, that's Naki Wells. I recognise you. Rest of you. Yeah. I do, sorry, feel sorry, bad. I do yeah. feel bad, but I, I really don't know a lot of these players. It's, it's but when we got out of the championship and we were in the Premier League, you completely divorce yourself from it and like you look down your nose yeah. at it, don't mm. you? But whereas... Obviously, we've ended up back there. Back Tail between our legs. <laughs> We're back in. Although now we can look at Chelsea in the Premier League and have that same feeling. Yeah. Very true. Going, yeah, yeah. No Brian, idea. Yeah. Yeah. These are all football manager regions. And you go, you, sp- you, told us you spent £50 million on him. <laughs> wow. Never heard of him. The Square Ball Podcast. Does Brendan Aronson just need more confidence? That was one of the questions we asked on this week's members show. I don't know how much more confidence he needs living in Berlin unless he's been wandering around deserted warehouses in a long coat listening to industrial noise. Terrified, locked in the the basement of a sex club. With techno pumping in the distance. Where's Milana? To listen to the members show, get priority access to the match ball and all our shows ad-free, become a TSP Plus member at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So yeah, Byram? Uh, Byram, yeah. Well, there's a few stats about, about Byram. So he was at... I, f- I mean, I'm 30 next year and I feel old about this, but he was our oldest player in our starting lineup against Bristol City at the age of 30. So he's now been our, he was our youngest player 46 times when he was here the first time. And he's now been the oldest player. So he's, he's gone full circle. Oh, um, wow. First player since Gary Kelly to do that. So. Circle of life, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, eighth player to score as a teenager in his 20s and after turning 30 for Leeds when wow. he scored against Watford. First since Frank Gray. Um, and Archie Gray played in that game as well. So quite nice. Uh, there's always a grace that somewhere. And there, hopefully good. there will be for decades to come. I hope so, yeah. He's, um, yeah. He's doing great, isn't he? I'm, I'm sure he must be a bit of a stats dream for you in the sense that there's the family legacy there and he's so young as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. And even Byron coming back from a long spell away, you know, it's good to, like, you can look at the players he used to play alongside to now. I think we spoke on the last one, he played alongside Andy Gray and now Archie Gray as well and all that kind mm. of... Lads and carrying. dads, yeah. jumpers for goalposts. <laughs> Oranges at half-time, yeah. isn't it, eh? Marvellous. Um, and yeah, second biggest gap between goals as well for Leeds. Willis Edwards was the only one. Um, who was our first player to play for England, playing for Leeds, mm-hmm. um, 19 in 1920s. And he ended wow. his life working in a jam factory. That's something that I remember reading in one of those old Leeds books years ago, and it's always stayed in my head. Yeah, it's well, it's that pub, pub landlord, wasn't it? It was the traditional yeah, uh, pub landlord or jam factory. route afterward. But yeah, that's such a great job to finish yeah. your career, man. <laughs> um, I've, you get a sense that most of these lot won't finish working in... Um, no, I don't think so. I think uh, Sam Byron's going to end up in... in but he could Bradford. do if he does, he's happy, that's fine. So what, yeah, what else have you got for Archie Gray-wise then? Any Archie good, good yeah, numbers for us? Um, youngest player to appear in our first 10 games of the league season since John Charles. Oh, actually, youngest ever and John Charles was the previous youngest. So oh, wow. Some good names. Um, and only the fourth player this century to start 10 or more games in a season 
for Leeds before turning 18? Can you name the other three? This century before yeah. turning 18. Um, Lewis Cook. Lewis Cook. Fab Delph? Not Fab Delph. No. He's a bit older than that. Um, two, two did it in the same season, 04 or 05. Milner? No, he'd gone by then. There was another one who was... Aaron Lennon? Aaron Lennon. Simon Walton? Simon Walton, yeah. So right. Two yeah. of those three play, went on to play for England. Um, and then Simon Walton I played against at five-a-side a few years ago. <laughs> he told me I've played a good pass at one point. I put this, and he just, he just yes. he put, it, I put it forward. He just went, good knock. I just felt brilliant. I've really arrived. Good. Yeah, it was really good. It was nice, nice of him to say. Did he absolutely clatter anyone? That's the main thing I remember him doing <laughs> I as think a player. He, I think he did, to be fair. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, yeah. He was good, though. He was, you could tell he played. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that actually great lad's all right, isn't he? I think he'll do all right. Absolutely. I reckon. Um, he's, he's such You've good got f- such an eye for a player, you have. Honestly, <laughs> I, don't know you, I don't know how you pick him out. One to keep an eye on as well. I don't know if you know, he's got a younger brother. Yeah, kid yeah. called Harry Gray. Yeah. Mark my words, in years to come, there's well, a chance. Talking football dynasties, there's a guy at Man City called Harland. Right. His dad played for Leeds, if you know him, he's He looks pretty What was good. his dad's name? Promising. I have Alfred, I think. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. yeah but okay. Keep an eye on him. I will do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so anyway. Just on the, uh, as well, about the, sort of the phasing out of the old guard. So we saw like Archie Gray start at right back against Bristol. Again, Bristol set I keep saying Bristol, Bristol City, because there's two Bristol. So obviously Farker's chosen him over Ailing. So Cooper and Ailing both on the bench for only the sixth time ever. Um, the only other time in the championship was against Derby at the end of the season. We went up, everybody was drunk, so that was fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the first time we'd had two players who'd both made 250 appearances for us on the bench uh, for 19 years. And that was wow. uh, Radderby and Hart against Leicester, 2004. It just got to show you, doesn't it, that in the, the fallow years since we got relegated then that there's never ever really been strength in depth. No. Yeah. I mean, the bench now, you there are actually good options in more or less every position, which is often you've looked at the bench and you've gone... Write this down. <laughs> S-Q-U-A-D. Squad. Squad. It's a word you'll need, is that? Yeah. Okay. It's like the thing we've done with midfielders this year, isn't it? When yeah. we've got more than two. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Like more, it more of the same, yeah. And we've still got Dallas to hopefully to come back. So. Yeah. I think mm. that, that'll... Be a big healing moment, I think, for everybody, won't it? Yeah. Like, not obviously, no more so than him, like in the, in the very literal sense, but just for all the fans to see him come back, and because he's part of that same yeah. band of players. When, when he does come back, Dallas must have some. He'll have some good stats between gaps between games, presumably. Yeah. And yeah. Farshaw must have. That's I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure I'd be delighted. Yeah. Some, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. I'm just thinking, like going back to like people like Terry Cooper who were at the club for ages, but then I did have like massive blocks of time out. I, yeah. think, I think when Farshaw was injured and came back, it was the biggest gap since Bridges. Yeah, without leaving the club in between, I think so. And I think he's. It depends when Dallas plays, but yeah, hopefully he's back before that. But, mm. yeah. um, so, right, so moving forward through the through the ranks, then mm-hmm. we mentioned some of the well, the keeper, some of the defenders. Archie Gray, that what have we got heading further forward. We've got obviously Joel Pirro, yeah. who's been doing really well. Um, that was obviously a big talking point as well with Farker not playing him up front and playing him behind Ruta, and he did that obviously thirteen minute uh, speech in the press conference about it, and you, you know you've got to accept that. And then next game scores the winner, so from outside the box as well so um, which was yeah vindication I guess um, so he was the quickest player to five league goals since David Sommer in 2010 um, one of only six players to do that this century in eight or fewer games so we've got Rob Hulse Robbie Fowler Robbie Keane Mark Viduka are the other four good so some good names good names um, yeah Piro top scorer in the championship since his debut and top scorer from outside the box since his debut as well which was again obviously scored the winner against Bristol City was it one <laughs> with, one, with one goal ten <laughs> All right, <laughs> I thought you meant for us this season. Oh, sorry, no. Since since he made his uh, debut for in fact, I mean you might you may not have the stat to hand there because I'm throwing this one at you completely blind. Yep. But um, inside and outside the box is that the only goal we've scored outside the box this season? It is. Yeah, that's yeah. I had looked. It was the first since Christensen against Arsenal. Right. It was like 31 goals from inside the box before that. 
Um, that was probably it was probably looking for a teammate there I'm, I'm it, guessing. Was, it wasn't a good call it wasn't he didn't put it in the top <laughs> another yeah. one I'm thinking for him actually it would be, it'd be interesting to track the <laughs> goals with different feet because I feel yeah. like Yeboah was definitely two footed I'm trying to think of other strikers we've had who who would have put him in with either foot Viduka was always pretty good with yeah. both feet but um, obviously you always think of him as a righty don't you mm. and, and Robbie Fowler was a yeah, heavily Fowler, left yeah. but scored with both Beckford scored some decent left foot goals yeah a couple of chips um, yeah, he's he's also our leading league scorer in 2023. Right. Even though he only made his debut That's, two months ago, that says a lot, That's doesn't it, about the way things went towards the back end of last season? Yeah. Wow. Um, and yeah, th- I think the other one I put on uh, Twitter was the three goals in his first two away league appearances. The first since Michael Bridges, and then played alongside Pascal Stroik, who was born on the same day as Bridges scored that. Did Bridges uh, picked up on that fact? Didn't he? I think he retweeted it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I liked it. Yep. Yeah, he did uh, like that. I think yeah. I, I had last time I came on, I actually had. This is a terrible thing to admit, actually, but. Uh, a list of players who were born on days when we'd done something good, like had a good game. So mm. Meslier was born on the day we drew nil nil with Roma in the UEFA Cup. Right. When Nigel Martin had a great game, so it was a good day for goalkeepers. Yeah, the football there gods. Go. Maybe they do look on, down on us favourably yeah. sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> Fellow Dutchman then, Crescenzio Somerville. Yep. Um, well, Somerville and, and Ruter have been linking up well. I think it was Somerville who put that ball in when Ruter put the ball over the bar for the chance mm. the other day, was it? Yep. But they've created 14 chances for each other in the Championship, which is the most of any duo, um, despite only playing 540 minutes alongside each other. So the most they could have done was 990 this, this season. Um, and that's one every 39 minutes on average. So they are linking up That's really good. Well. So basically yeah. three per game if you play every yeah. game. Wow. Yeah, which is good. So, on that chance that, that Ruta missed, mm. I think, was that 0.8 XG? Yeah, I thought you might ask me about XG. How do you get higher as an XG? Does it have to be mm. like... Yeah. Because, I mean, that was a, it was a tap-in from a... I don't know. Two foot away, something like that. It was, yeah, it was. It was closer to six yards out. Was that. it? Yeah. I suppose yeah. it was sort of like the the angle as well. Maybe he was putting it in. Mm. Out of it. Yeah, we'd have to have a look into the. Just trying to sit and think of any bigger chances missed because it's. Well, well, it's that basically means four out of five times historically that chance gets put gets put away. So it's. I think it's higher. Well, tell, <laughs> do, tell, do you tell, want a job? Do you want a job? <laughs> tell the stats, man. Not having it. I'm not having it. That's, that's got to be higher. Yeah, I mean, I think from an emotional point of view, it is, isn't it? You go, well, that's got to go in. <laughs> You, you've not put it in, but it was put across to him, put across to him pretty quickly, and the fact that he managed to miss it, and the XG's one in five chance of missing it happens, doesn't it? I mean, you or I would miss it one in five, definitely. But you know, he's good. Yeah. What's the XG of a penalty? I think we might have spoken about this before. It's about two thirds, uh, isn't it? Yeah, not point seven seven. It used to be. I think it might have right. gone up potentially, but it's sort of like the percentage of penalties that are scored. That's the XG of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah right. easiest to understand that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. Frac- it was fractionally only better than a penalty yeah. in terms of likelihood of it going in because he was closer. But. Pat Bamford penalty? Uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, basically, Michael, the reason it's that is because we've got people like Rutter putting the ball over the bar from there. So yeah, fair the, enough. Yeah, that's part of the reason. But he has been good. Um, again, creating chances, topping the top four divisions since September for chances created in open play. What, um, yeah, what, do, what do you see in him from a statistical point of view then? Because I think there's, there's a lot of us kind of just, like Rutter, for whatever reason, just fills my heart at the minute yes, because yeah. things are going well for Leeds. He had a shit time at the start of it and now he looks like he's having the time of his life. And from an emotional point of view, I go, do you know what? I love it. I, yeah. l- I love what you're doing. Yeah. Carry on. That's but what, what do you get from a numbers point of view? Yeah, well, when we signed him, um, we were looking at his numbers when he was playing for Hoffenheim and he was like second for dribbles per 90 minutes behind Lionel Messi in the top five European leagues. So he was obviously, like, he's, he loves a dribble. I mean, he's top for dribbles since September as well. So he's just somebody who loves to get on the ball and start going past people. One thing that I have noticed with him, and obviously we've got the dual stat where you, you know, you've, winning tackles and all that sort of stuff and aerial duels and he loves putting himself about and you know getting stuck in he's not like he doesn't shy away from that so 
I really like watching. Like he's, he's 21, but he's very, very strong and like very, very well, you know, say well built. That sounds a bit like. You, <laughs> a bit creepy. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, 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 bit Yeah. Yeah, he's just, yeah. Yeah, going past people and putting chances on a plate for teammates. I think that's the thing that's most taken me by surprise this year is the quality of his passing. Like his, yeah. his through balls and stuff are unbelievable. The stuff he sees yeah. that I don't think anyone on the else, anyone else possibly in the division is seeing when he when he hits little through balls and stuff. It's uh, yeah. yeah, loved it. It was a little bit like watching. I shouldn't mention it really, but Sinistera at the start of the season where he came mm. where he's playing, he was like he's just far too good for this league. That's sort of the point we're at with Rutter now. But. Except he's going to be back here soon. So, mm. Yeah, getting relegated with Bournemouth, isn't he? Mm. That's a shame. I don't like that. Who'd have thought getting Victor Alter's choice of manager and all his players <laughs> as a result in relegation? It's an interesting one. I mean, it's, this is a completely separate conversation and probably one for some time in the spring. But I do wonder what, what he'll do if Bournemouth do go down. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, we obviously laugh at Tyler Adams, but given what you know, but Angus Kinnear said when he was sat in that chair about how pissed off they were with mm. uh, Sinistera's conduct, but the fact that he might end up coming back to us. I mean, it depends on what we do, doesn't it? I suppose, but use the Premier League money. From promotion to bang him in the reserves, <laughs> just ruin spite, his career. Use it spitefully. That's what I say. Feels like you're doing your football manager marathon again now. Yeah, right? yeah. he does. Yeah, this is why I can't be left in charge of anything. <laughs> Michael, him. Michael destroys everything. Loan to Carlisle. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> but, but he's worth twenty five million pounds. <laughs> Who was it you signed? Was it Mike Whitlow? You signed on the football manager. No, we love, we love Whitlow. Whitlow was well yeah. kept. We, we was well kept. It was we, Gary Monk. Yeah. We kept signing on on <laughs> trial. We kept getting him on four week, a four week trial, but fining him two weeks wages every. Two weeks, uh, so he was yeah. he was effectively losing money by being with us. That's yeah, brilliant. and we put him in his own training <laughs> regime as well. He, he had to train separate from the rest of the players, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. we were retraining him as a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, intensively, wasn't it? That yes. was it. just really, really punishing him. Are you ever going to do that football, football manager marathon? I I love that. That was a lot. Yeah, we should we should pick it back it up at some fun. point, shouldn't we? Or do another one because we'd, we'd actually raised quite a bit of money for charity. I think that. Yeah, day, I, I'm crossing that. the crossing the streams actually. Around there was the the extra ball football manager games we had of the oh. 2000-2001 season and then there's the man, uh, football manager marathon we did yes yes that yes that was the one that I was thinking yeah yeah, yeah. I can't remember who we punished in but I mean bitterness is rife throughout both <laughs> throughout both safe yeah, yeah it was just a way right just saying people and, and punishing yeah punishing people and writing some historical wrongs uh, just again on, on, on Ruta um, the only player with more assists in the championship since September is very good Leif Davis Ah, so maybe we should have kept really? him. He, he had loads last year, didn't he? Yeah, as well. he, was, he was top, I think, in League One. Could do with a left back, couldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Although young Sam Byram is doing yeah. fine, isn't he, for now? Doing yeah. brilliantly. Yeah. Um, and most chances created at this stage of a league season for Leeds since Matthias Klitsch in 2019 20. Ruter, not Byram. Ruter, yeah. Not yeah, Byram. yeah. yeah. Um, so he's found his inner Klitschy, I guess you could say. Possibly. Bless him. Bless him. <laughs> I know he's got an absolutely abysmal dress sense and he wears mm. a duvet out in public. But that's yeah. fine if you want to wear that. If you're making me happy, you do what makes you happy. He's always happy, doesn't he? He looks, looks like a nice guy. Like yeah. a happy, smiley face. He does look like he's having a nice time, whereas I think maybe towards the back end of last season, it quite clearly wasn't. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, we kind of... We did that Hail Mary thing with uh, with Sam Allardyce and he left him out and you thought, well, okay, I suppose maybe if this is what we're doing, then we have to just respect yeah. it. And But now we can just go, oh, dickhead. I bet Sam Allardyce just yeah. didn't understand any yeah. of it. You wine swilling the game. Oh, he's talking, he's talking French in dressing room. <laughs> Off he he's turned up with a handbag. Yeah, not having a bar of it, yeah. This is not the man for a fight and all that kind of thing. But bless him, he just he just needed to get settled, didn't he? And I, I like the fact that he's stuck around and he's trying to make the best of it and hopefully he fires us to promotion. And I, I want him to go up with us and for him to have a jolly nice time in the Premier League when we get back there. Didn't, didn't somebody come in with quite a big offer for him in the summer? Was that the rumour? Yeah, I think right. it was Dortmund mm. who was sniffing around him, um, according to Phil. Uh, so, 
I, I just don't him, think him and Cody Drama they were in for both of them yes yeah, it was a double deal yeah I think it was uh, it was 10 million for Root uh, uh, but 50 million for the two combined yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. something like that but yeah he's having a jolly nice time Helder Costa though yeah farewell Helder um, uh, the only reason I've brought this up because I was just looking again this is the most niche statistic ever but when Helder Costa scored for Leeds scored in seven games so 2-2 two, two against Stoke 4-0 against Middlesbrough 3-3 three, three against Cardiff 5-4 against Birmingham 5-0 against Stoke 4-3 against Fulham and we lost 4-2 against Arsenal. So there's a lot of goals in those games. So I was looking in our entire history, which player is like the most box office to go and watch. So if he scores in that mm. game, what's going to be the best goals per game? So I had a look. Uh, so Helder Costa, 5.9 goals per game when he scored. That was second in our <laughs> entire history. A guy called Cyril Hornby <laughs> in the 1930s. Five games he scored in 30 goals, six goals per game when Cyril scored. Wow. No relation to Clive Hornby, who uh, played Jackson. And that's... That's of that era where do you remember that Boxing Day graphic always gets circulated yeah, every Christmas yeah. when the scores were like seven two everywhere and eight six yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So that was an era of madness. You don't get that in the modern day, do you? Yep. So Helder Costa, Costa goals magnet. Yeah, he's leaving with you know his head held high, and he made his last two league appearances against Man United as well. First player to do to do that since uh, I've completely forgotten who it was, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've completely forgotten who it was. But yeah, there was somebody. Yeah. Uh, You're not infallible yeah, after yeah, all. Sorry. Cooper. Sorry. But yeah, Alex Bruce scored in one game, and that was a six-four against Preston. So yeah, I was, was I was thinking of Alex Bruce yeah. actually. Cause I, I couldn't, just because I couldn't, I couldn't remember any other game he'd scored in other than that. Um, all right, amazing. So we should Hornby. have appreciated him, Calder uh, Costa more. Is that the gist I, of it? Yeah. I, I well, I don't know. He was part of the promotion team, so I mean, if we know the games he didn't score in, the ones he did score in were good. <laughs> well, given how mad football finance has gone, and the, see the size of the transfer fees, and you know idiots at the big six clubs just chucking 40 and 50 million quid around to, for any player Costa doesn't look like bad value does he as a squad member who helped to get us promoted last time and I know we, we chucked it on the bin and set fire to it afterwards but even still it was probably alright wasn't it we, we overpaid for him a bit but fine played quite a lot in the first season when we finished ninth as well like, yeah. we started quite a lot of games that yeah. year so yeah it's worth it but yeah there you go Cyril Hornby just wanted to get that in <laughs> Cyril Hornby there you go Thanks for coming in, Johnny. Always, it's always a pleasure. Should we do it again next international break? Is there another one before Christmas? There is. There's usually, no, the yeah. non-stop in the early part of the season. Mm-hmm. There's like one a month. But, um, is, if we do it then, and then uh, which is annoying, apart from getting to speak to Johnny. And then when we're, <laughs> when we're in the top two in the promotion spots, you can tell us how well it's going. Then absolutely, oh, hopefully, fingers crossed. All right, Thank we'll you catch you next time. Cheers, Johnny. Nice one. Thanks very much, guys. The Square Ball Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 